we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 26th day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive, as usual. Um, yeah, nothing really nothing really exciting going on. It's a slow day. I'm, I'm, it is a slow day. Been looking and trying to f uh, follow the stuff all day long today, and uh, there's really not a whole lot going on. There is a trucker convoy that's moving through Canada uh, that's meeting up with an American trucker convoy that are against vaccine mandates, and they're shutting down both sides of the border. Um, I know that we're talking about uh, supply chains and things being disrupted and shelves going empty, but in this case, um, okay, I'm for it. Buckle down. You know, that that's, that's on the citizenry. Get yourself squared away. Get whatever you need that's extra or that you need that you might need extra of and be prepared to go without for a little while because I'm with the truck drivers on that one. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm OK with a little bit of uh, a little bit of pain uh, for the liberties of those truckers. So, um, yeah, you know, one of the things we noticed yesterday when we were watching some of those protests in uh, well, actually, I think it was Calgary. Uh, speaking of Canada, it was in uh, Calgary. And as the people are walking down the streets through Calgary to protest uh, COVID and the COVID restrictions, I mean, large number of people in Calgary. Nice turnout you guys had. But as they walk down the streets, you could see the people sitting in the restaurants and sitting on the, you know, the little cafes on the side of the street. And they're just sitting there just watching those people, just watching them. And, and I'm thinking to myself, how could you how could you sit there and watch the world pass you by like that? How could you do that? Like, what must what must I be thinking if I'm one of those people that are sitting there and watching that just pass me by? I, I mean, the first thought that would come to my mind would be, well, that's a lot of people. I wonder what they're doing, because the splitting of society that, that these people have put us through, one side doesn't know what the other's doing. We're having a revolution to reform our world. We're, we're trying to reform it in in the right way to where everybody has a future and everybody has a purpose. The road that, that, that everybody else has taken that's sitting in the restaurants and sitting in the cafes, stuffing their faces with um, uh, with deep fried whatever in the hell, drinking beer and smoking cigarettes, because that's what they were doing. The ones that took the easy way out, they don't have a future if it goes that way. There, there's there's no future. That's that's stagnation and that's collapse. That's depression. And, and it's just collapse. Oh, no, no, no. The the see, comrade, the elite they, they know what's best. See, they're going to steer the ship so you don't feel the pain of inflation and, you know, all the all, all these crazy, crazy things that are, are coming with the economy. See, they will regulate things and steer the ship so that you don't feel it. So when 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 you start having a shortage of something, well, they'll just stop you from buying that. So we, we don't see any inflation in that area. We don't see price hikes. And, you know, it, it so it, it yeah. Right. So the easiest way to just say there's no inflation on food is to just not count food is what you're saying. Basically, um, kind of the idea that they're they're going for is literally that 
they'll regulate what you can and can't buy. That's why they want to go digital with all this currency and everything, because they'll be able to, um, in real time, uh, regulate what you can and can't buy, whether it be through your social credit or it be, um, you know, as, a, as an example, uh, we have a shortage on, uh, I don't know, say beef. And um, if people continue buying beef, it's going to skyrocket in price. And then you're going to start seeing shortages and it, you, you'll see signs of inflation. Okay. So instead, what you do is you bar people from being able to buy it and you just, you know, they're whatever the digital dollar is, whatever, whatever we name it, um, you'll just not be able to buy beef with that digital dollar. You'll have to buy something else and that will stave off inflation somehow. Well, uh, Bruce, if you just if you get one of those uh, those plant based uh, steaks that Bill Gates has, I'm sure that'll be uh, more than sufficient. Yes. It, not only will it stave off inflation, but this will also help the environment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, which actually does more damage because you, you need 10 times the amount of agricultural production in order to get one of those as to what you would get from just say regular beef. And it's, it's actually, I, I know that, I know that we say that, um, that stuff is actually better for you. It's really not. It's, re it's really not. If you look at all the all the stuff that's in it, I mean, go down the list of things that are in a plant-based whatever, one of those impossible burgers or, or whatever, the, the Beyond Meat things. Look at all the junk and all the garbage that's in that. And then look at what's in a meat product. And you tell me which one's better for you. Some of the stuff isn't even listed that they use uh, as well, because some of them require an extract from, for example, uh, peas. What was the process you used to get that extract? You know, what, what, what kind of, because uh, usually that involves some kind of chemical reaction or something like that. Is there any kind of side effects or residues or, you know, is it going to cause things like malnourishment in the sense of, does your body properly process that stuff to uh, feed yourself? I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions. This is, this is my concern with all of this. When you start going down the road of, uh, okay, we evolved to eat, we're omnivores, right? So we evolved to eat everything, basically, anything and everything, more or less, uh, within reason. Uh, now, here in a very short amount of time, we're going to take millions of years of evolution or however many years humans have been around. And we're just going to say we're going to turn all of that on its head and say you can only have vegetables or fruits. All, I was just like all of a sudden you're going to flip a switch and say that's all you're going to have. Um, we, we had uh, at least thousands of years of evolution. I don't know if it's millions because, you know, whatever, whatever we evolved from. So my concern is uh, there's things in meats that we need currently because we haven't evolved out of that. That takes millions of years to evolve out of. And then all of a sudden you're going to say you're, you're just going to flip the switch and say you, you, you can't have it anymore. What kind of evolutionary malfeasance is that going to cause? What, what kind of damage is that going to cause in the long run? I don't know. We don't know. We can't know. We don't have any projections. No, we don't. But that's okay because we have an all-knowing elite that's just going to, they're going to run things and don't worry about it. Everything's going to be just fine. Just shut up, take your injections. Here's your digital ID and just wait for us to change whatever it is that needs to be changed about that so you know what to do. And well, yeah, that's the end of it. What what a sad existence that must be. What, what a sad existence that must be. I, I have to say, I, I really have to say, just that the, the way that you have to be mindlessly led around like that, you can't think for yourself. How awful must that be? Uh, anyway, uh, one of these people that thinks that they know best is, uh, of course, the president, Joe Biden. Yeah, he, he thinks that he knows best. He, he knows best. Bruce, do you think he knows best? I think he knows what flavor of ice cream he likes the best. 
He's literally walking into an ice cream store today. Literally. As in, the the administration is about to uh, d- spin the world into a uh, into a tailspin with this cooked up uh, g- nonsense over in the Ukraine that's, uh, quite frankly, as nearest I can tell, is not even real. L- let me explain. The United States and the UK are pulling their diplomats from the embassy, correct? Yes, of course they yeah. are. Are any of the other European countries doing that? Are any of them pulling their diplomats? No. If no other country's pulling their diplomats, well, then there's usually not a problem. When you start to see a real problem is when all the NATO countries start pulling their diplomats from a country. All of them start filing out. All of them, you know, kind of like in Afghanistan. Yeah, the NATO embassy. Everybody's starting to get on uh, commercial airlines and get out of there while, when they could. You know, not to mention the fact we still have people trapped in there. But um, different argument for a different day. The United States and the UK are the only ones that are pulling any diplomats. Everyone else is staying put. So what's actually going on over there? But anyway, it, it doesn't matter because, as you said, he's in the ice cream store. Uh, he came walking out today uh, with his mask pulled down, holding up a chocolate ice cream cone. Uh, it was it was very nice. Yeah, it, he showed everybody, showed the world what flavor he got. Um, that's that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, last night, uh, Peter Ducey asked him a question about inflation. It's, it's kind of hard to hear because you start hearing people like shouting and saying, you know, everybody, everybody get out, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's his nap time. He needs pudding and, and oatmeal and a nap. So we, we need to get everybody out of here. Uh, but Ducey said, and this is a question, you'll be able to hear some of it, but not all of it. Uh, do you think inflation is a political liability in the midterms? <laughs> a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. It's a great asset going into the going into the midterms. Uh, you stupid SOB. Yeah, we're not cutting that. We're going to let that one go full. Yeah. Uh, it actually a, said it. So it's, it's a great asset. It's unfortunate they didn't turn his mic off. Usually they turn his mic off right at the end there, but they didn't do it. Yeah, no. Um, so if Trump were to have done this, which I think he did, uh, did not the media go apoplectic? Um, oh, they went crazy. Same thing here. Why is the media covering for him? They're not going apoplectic on this one. They're, they're running cover. Why? Uh, does anybody think that's, a, I don't know, a bit of hypocrisy or a problem at all? Well, Ducey was caught up last night just as he got out of the uh, the briefing room uh, by uh, what is this the five or whatever on on Fox News? I I don't know. I don't I don't follow this this fluff nonsense they stick on there. But this was uh, this was Ducey's response after he found out what was said about him. I think we have young Mr. Ducey uh, with <laughs> us right now. You heard Dana's comments and everyone's comments, Peter. Have you been called by the White House or the president and asked for to come to the Oval Office tomorrow for an interview? <laughs> no, no. And I don't think that that's coming either. Um, but what's crazy about this is I, in the longer version of the clip, there was a group of reporters that were all gathered. We listened to him explain the Competition Council, which is the reason that he's having this meeting with most of the cabinet. And Somebody shouted out a question about Russia, and the president said, I'm not going to take questions right now about anything off topic. So I shouted out uh, something that's not on my two pages of questions about crime. Uh, Okay, what about inflation? Do you think inflation is a political liability in the midterms? And then he said that. And I couldn't even hear him because people were shouting at us to get out. But somebody came up to me in the briefing room a few minutes later and said, did you hear what the president said? (laughs) And I said, no, what? They said, he called you a stupid SOB. And I said, 
Did he say SOB? And the person said no. <laughs> he did the elongated version. You know, time. Uh, yep. So, Ducey, I think the president's right. You are a stupid SOB. <laughs> yeah, nobody has fact checked him yet and said it's not true. No one's given Pinocchios for that one. No, but so you're now, I guess everyone's talking about you. You're going to be known as the stupid SOB guy. I mean, before you were like the, the hair guy with the blonde hair. Now you're now you're stupid SOB. Is this something you're embracing, Peter? Do I have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I think you just have to walk around for the rest of your career as the stupid SOB. At least he's taking it well. Uh, it's a feather in my cap. I, I would, I honestly, to have a sitting president, you're, you're the one reporter that has been asking the difficult questions and the president calls you a stupid SOB. Man, that, that, that's feather in my cap, man. I'm 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 wearing that one proudly. If it's such a problem, though, I mean, I, and I've said this before, if it's such a problem, it that look, the the press, they don't have they're not covered under the First Amendment to be there. They could actually have their press passes revoked and they can be tossed out. And quite frankly, I think anybody in the in the administration, I think that there's enough pull in there and there's enough sway in there that they could just complain to the network and say, look, can you get us somebody else? And Ducey would be out of there. But that's not done. That's that's not done. Uh, and Fox News has not been uh, not been tossed from the White House. It's not it's not covered under the First Amendment to be in there. That's a privilege to be in there. Maybe. Maybe there's a reason that they don't want him removed. Maybe they want that one person to kind of ask those difficult questions so that uh, the American people that are on the right feel like they have their voices heard. They feel like they have someone asking those difficult questions. Possibly. But I mean, he he really does ask some good ones. I mean, he he puts Jen Psaki right in right on the right on the grill and says, OK, um, yeah, there, there's this. And then we need to we need to actually get in some answers out of this. And then, of course, you know, she does her little talking in circles and everything. But Biden has a. Uh, has addressed the uh, the whole issue with uh, with Peter Ducey. It's nothing personal, man. That was the response. It's nothing personal, man. Uh, to be fair, it sounded pretty personal. Pretty I personal mean, you, to me. You, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't sound like it was just business. And of course, like I said, he's about to destabilize uh, the entire Western world uh, by whatever nonsense it is they're cooking up over there. But uh, more surprising to that was uh, VP Kamala Harris's response. She was caught on the tarmac, uh, standing out there with a mask on alone. Uh, and this was her response to reporters. Hi, guys. I know you've been asking about Ukraine. So here's the deal. First of all, um, I am being briefed on a constant basis by my national security team. And uh, as you know, the president, I and other members of our administration have been in active discussions with our allies and partners around the globe, um, in particular in Europe. And the bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time that we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of, U of Ukraine, and we expect that Russia would do the same, and any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. Uh, the ball is clearly in his court. I can't tell you what he's going to do, but we are prepared to take decisive action if he moves in an aggressive manner into Ukraine. A couple of things. First of all, uh, I'm sure Vladimir Putin is shaking in his boots after hearing that, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's just yeah, quivering sure he's in lost. his boots. 
but he's lost sleep. Yeah, it, they, they, if they're going to do something, if they're going to do something about Russia going into Ukraine, if they're truly serious about it and truly think this is a threat, the sanctions would have been put on Russia yesterday. They're not. They're not going to wait for Russia to go in and and do to to, to attack uh, Ukraine and potentially take over Ukraine. They're not going to wait for that because once he takes over the country and then you're going to put sanctions on him, why the hell would he give up the country at that point? What are you going to do to like? He's got the breadbasket at that point. During the Soviet Union, the Ukraine was the Soviet uh, the breadbasket, right? Why would he care? Still at is. that point. He's got he's got uh, a warm water port. Right, uh, off of uh, so Syria, why, Tartus, why? Yeah, he's got a med, he's got a warm water port in the Med. Uh, they're working a deal to establish a military presence uh, around the Atlantic coast of Africa somewhere. Uh, they want something in there. I'm not sure exactly what it is or exactly where, uh, but they're they're trying to work a deal in there with the Chinese uh, on that. But uh, second of all, she's being coached. That's not the Kamala Harris that we know all the time of uh, her stupid cackles. Usually when she get a she gets asked a serious question about international relations of any kind, she just gives some kind of nonsense response. They've probably had her in coaching ever since that interview she gave on MSNBC, where she was asked, do you think the administration needs to change up? And she says, we need to do exactly what we've been doing every day. So yeah, that's what we need to do. She's probably been in coaching ever since that response. Yeah, yeah, she had to have been because, as we've said, her poll numbers are are lower than Biden's. Her poll numbers should be better than Biden because she, just for the simple fact that she's not in the public's view, right? Usually, when a politician isn't in the view of the public, typically they do better than someone that is in the view of the public. So uh, I don't know that that that's saying something when you're lower than the, the the president who's failed at multiple things uh, you know afghanistan the pandemic the the economy jobs all of that he's failing at how she's doing worse than the president who's doing all of that is is baffling and uh, to that uh, i'd also like to point out one of um you know back in the day we used to have the vice president uh, was the runner up in the uh, presidential runs so, for example, um, in this case, the vice president would not be who uh, Biden chose or his uh, handlers chose. It would be Donald Trump because he was the runner up. Uh, I think this would be far more entertaining if you had uh, the, uh, you know, runners like that, competitors. This would be far more entertaining. And granted, it would be a, a, a safeguard because if they truly were, for example, of different parties, different mindsets. Uh, again, I don't like the party system, but if they were of that different mindset, if anything was done that was corrupt or messed up or whatever, not beneficial to the American public, the vice president would say something about it. It would, it would, it would, I mean, he's effectively a planted whistleblower at that point. Um, I don't know. It just, he, he, I like that idea better than the, the current system that we have. I think it would be more beneficial to the American people. I quite frankly, I think um, if we're talking about something that would be more beneficial to the American people, the vice president should do what the vice president is supposed to do, and that's sit in the Senate and do nothing else. I honestly, I don't mind the vice president having a little bit more say if the vice president was because, you know, we're supposed to have a representative government, right? So yeah, if true. the president won, you know, if the president legitimately won, the vice president was the second runner up 
that means a large portion of the population still voted for the second, you know, for them. That's so true. Yeah, you if would have actually, somebody representing both. Yeah, if we actually had the, uh, the the way that it was, if we had our electoral system back the way it was supposed to be, then you wouldn't have people ticketing up like this. That's not how our system's supposed to work. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't actually know. I I I'd have to go back and look. But somewhere along the line, something got changed somewhere, and we're now yeah. on this path where we are now. We're not supposed to be here. That's not how the no. American system's supposed to work. No. Um, I think it was, I think it was, uh, back in the 1900s when that changed late 18, early 19, something like that. I'd have to look to get the right dates, uh-huh. but it's something like that. It's somewhere around there because as it stands, there's nobody representing me, nobody representing my ideals in, in the executive branch right now. There's nobody there. Um, so half of the nation is not being represented or roughly half of the nation I'd say it's isn't less being represented that. here. I'd say it's less than that uh, because if you yeah, look I at, would, the, would, if yeah. you look at the legislative body, that number is not very promising either, my friend. Well, yeah. If you look at legis, I was just meaning executive in the executive branch True. specifically, there's, there's nobody there that yeah, represents there's, there's me. There's nobody there. Yeah. There, there's and, nobody and, there, but there's nobody in the legislative body either. I mean, the judiciary, yeah. I mean, we can, we can go back and forth about that all day long, but I mean, most of those people are appointed and, and quite frankly, I think a lot of those circuit courts need to be disbanded anyway. I think there's only one or two, uh, in the, uh, at least at the Supreme court level that really stands for, for American values. Yeah. And the only person you actually have, and I, I know that he's, he's kind of on it most of the time is Sam Alito, but, uh, Clarence Thomas, man's rock solid. He, he's, he's rock solid. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no turning that one around. Uh, he's, hmm. he's been 100% on the side of the U S constitution and nothing else. Uh, and the, the man's record has been stellar on the Supreme court. I can't say enough about it. Agreed. Uh, I, I wish I, I, I'd, you know, actually now come to think of it, what's the approval rating of the president right now? It's like 37% or something like that. It, it's pretty nah, he's, low. He's headed for the twenties. I, I, he's, he might be, he might be low thirties, but he's, he's headed for the twenties, which okay. in reality, which in reality to me means he's already in the teens because we know that they're bumping those polls up anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because when you look at the the demographics of the polls, it's usually more left leaning Democrats that they choose, or uh, heavily Democrat and independent. Which exactly, independent and you got Chuck anyway. Todd. Exactly, and you got Chuck Todd over on MSNBC kicking his teeth in now, saying, uh, "Is is the president incompetent? Is he, uh, you know, does he have a, a a mental problem? Do we need to look at possibly uh, other options in the future? That kind of stuff." They wouldn't be running those pieces if there wasn't a problem. Agreed. Uh, so uh, basically what, uh, what I was getting at with that point is um, he's he's in the low numbers like that. That means only a small a minority of the population uh, believes they're being representative or being represented by the executive branch. Uh, that, that That's one way to interpret that. So, yeah, so much for our representative government right now, right? Indeed. Um, Bruce, I have a very important question for you. Maybe you can answer this. Uh, where is Peng Shui? Um, so that for those that are not uh, aware, this is the Chinese tennis player. Very skilled. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, my my gut says she's dead or in a she's either dead or is um, like sex slave or or, or um, manual labor. I don't know. Something like that. She's she's uh-huh. effectively dead or dead. There is a very, very small chance that she escaped the regime and is laying low. That is a very small chance that that happened. But where would she go? That's my question, because we've had so many different countries that are enhanced right now. Where would she go to really lay low? That's true. 
Martina Naratvalova is back onto the scene. She's a uh, former tennis uh, world champion herself. Uh, I remember watching her play uh, tennis when I was a kid. She's called the Australian Open cowardly for banning uh, Peng Shua t-shirts to appease China. There was somebody that uh, decided a uh, that they were going to start a drive down there in Australia for the Australian Open, and they were wearing t-shirts into the venue saying, where's Peng Shui? The security people paid them a visit and said, um, we're going to have to ask you to leave because uh, apparently Tennis Australia has said that the uh, uh, the t-shirts, uh, the where's Peng Shui t-shirts and banners were confiscated because spectators at the Australian Open have long been prohibited for carrying clothing, banners or signs that are commercial or political. So uh, you can't have any of that stuff. I-, I think we all know it's political, but I mean, it's an honest question. Shouldn't she be there at the tournament? This one should be above politics because you had a woman that came out and accused a high-ranking communist official of sexual assault, and she then disappeared. And by the way, that's also the same country that was just trying to smear America uh, for their, you know, uh, gun violence. And uh, yes, we have that clip you know, coming up. We have that yeah, clip that, coming that, up. that was that was fun. Honestly, that should be the. <laughs> The entire tennis organization should be asking that question right now. This should not be uh, a handful of the attendants that are there. Which, by the way, um, side note, they they said no commercial or political, like no advertisements. That's what they said. And yeah. Yeah. So, so, for example, if Pepsi's a sponsor, you can't have like a Coca-Cola sign kind of stuff. And that's, that's fair. I, I can see that. Then you can't wear any shirt with commercial branding. That's because true. if you wear any okay. clothing with a brand yeah, yeah. on there, you're advertising for the company. That's true. So, well, most people that go to these things, uh, if, if you will, are very um, well off. I'll just put it that way. So they typically don't have um, things like that. So you won't have like a Coca-Cola hat or a Coca-Cola t-shirt, or I'm just using that as an example. Um, It'll be more like uh, Versace, Armani, Gucci, that kind of stuff. That that's that's what Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it'll be. Will be uh, that particular clothing like that. Mm -hmm. Still advertising though. I agree. I'm just I'm I'm pointing out the hypocrisy because if you if you're gonna say no commercial stuff, then you have to go there in like a white shirt and that's it. Like you can't have any kind of labeling on there at all. It, It would have to be. You know, I, I, I'm obviously being facetious when I say white shirt because obviously there's other choices, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, so in, in that hypocrisy, in this moment, there is a real uh, <laughs> human rights violation that's going on and they're unwilling to take a stand on, on this. I mean, uh, that should be telling in and of itself. I mean, th- technically, didn't they make money off of this woman? I mean, the very least they could do... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's also been it's also been uh, members and actually I believe it was the president of the World Tennis Authority. So the WTA or World Tennis Association, whatever it is, whatever the world body is on that. Uh, I believe he was the one that had the uh, the so-called video call with uh, with Peng back in the day. Uh, When I say back in the day, I'm talking about uh, a couple of months ago. And the transcripts and the video of that call were released. But you could tell that it was that it was. staged, if you will. Uh, and some people scripted. have actually scripted, yes, because she was like, oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very, very well. And, and I'm, I, life has never been better. I mean, you can tell that that's not how you would normally answer that kind of question. You, you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't say that unless you were under duress. And that's what some people were thinking. If you're 
if you're the if you're that woman, if you're that tennis player, if you're paying and and she was accused of what she was accused of, you know damn good and well there's going to be a minder just off of that camera sitting in the corner making sure that she's saying exactly what she needs to say. If in fact it was even her, a lot of high profile people in a lot of these communist countries will have doubles. They'll have doppelgangers, body doubles, just in case something ever arises. Is that actually her or was it a body double? We don't know. Was it a doppelganger? We don't know. And to your point about doppelgangers, they they have, what, a billion people there to choose from? Um, So Almost a billion and a half, yeah. yeah, the the chances of of finding a doppelganger in that size of a population is is much more likely mm-hmm. uh, than you know in in the Western countries, if you will, which w- with much smaller populations. Uh, Narada Lova said that uh, sports has always been kind of on the forefront of social issues, pushing them forward, and we're going backwards. I feel. Yeah, she's right. She she's right. Sports are going backwards. That's true. We've had the we've had the issue with Peng Shui, and now there were fans at the tournament watching. Uh, Naomi Osaka, which is the Japanese tennis player, uh, practice. They weren't even on the main court. They had Where is Peng Shua t-shirts on, and they were told to cover it up. She says, I find that really, really cowardly. This is not a political statement. This is a human rights statement. Kind of really capitulating on this issue from the Aussies and letting the Chinese really dictate what they do at their own slam. Grand Slam tournament. Yeah. And I just find it really weak, she concluded. I think she's right. More kowtowing to the CCP. Yeah, again, um, they're enhanced. All right, you mentioned uh, China's, uh, well, these putting forth these accusations, really. Um, this is, uh, I, I want to say it's, um, who is this guy? What's his name? I want to make sure I try and get his name right. It's their uh, their Chinese foreign minister, uh, Lao Jian. I, 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 I really... I really do try to get that right. I'm not trying to be funny or anything. Those names over there, the the, the real names, Asiatic countries, they're really hard to get right for an English uh, for an English speaker. So I genuinely at least try. But anyway, this is this is their statement on the CCP statement on America's Second Amendment rights. Listen to this. Behind these numbers concerning gun violence in the U.S are heartbroken families who have lost their loved ones. This is both shocking and poignant. One gunshot after another left countless bullet holes in the American dream. The smell of gunpowder drifting in the air set people thinking and questioning. Does the democracy the U.S. champions have no regard for life? Does the freedom the U.S. advocates mean freedom to shoot other people? Gun <laughs> violence has become a malignant social tumor in the U.S., <laughs> interwoven and overlapping with other issues, including a pandemic raging unchecked, drug abuse, and racial discrimination. It has become a severe systemic human rights issue. Oddly, as the American people suffer, U.S. politicians keep looking the other way with indifference. They are busy blowing their own trumpet and lecturing other countries. Do they have any right, any moral authority, or any confidence to do so? I hope these shocking numbers will have a sobering effect on these people so that they can reflect upon themselves and take some concrete actions to improve the domestic human rights conditions. 
Now, see, Bruce, we need we need to take a moment and and reflect on ourselves to um, heed the calls of improving our human rights issues in America. You know, with a with a pandemic I, I, that is raging unchecked, you see, not not to mention that's where it came yeah, from. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking in the moment. Is uh, where did that pandemic start again? Where did that virus come from? I mean, technically, if you want to really get down to it, the virus actually came from the U.S. True. Uh, yeah. Okay. Technically uh, speaking. Technically. Yeah. But you know, I the thing is, is many of the points they made, I don't disagree with. But oh, this ought when to be you good. look Go at ahead. when you so so the points of uh, the the gun violence is up, violence in general is up. Um, you know, the family structure is falling apart. That is there true. There are some. Yeah. There there is a that lot is of things that but yeah, on, on the surface, they're right. But what they're not digging into is who caused all of those things? Who who is the one that caused all of it? Even even the pandemic. All right. Looking even looking at the pandemic as a um, not not released by China. But if you look at the paperwork and it came from the U.S., who is the ones behind all of this? It's all the same group that is causing all of these problems. To that point, let, let's just expound upon that for just a second. You said who caused all this? Okay, well, I'm not going to say that the U.S. doesn't have its fair share of blame here because we've been on the wrong road in America for the last 50 years, okay? But the communists, the international communists, were very smart at the end of the war, at the end of the Second World War. They were very smart. They spent all their time getting us to this point. What did they do? You have to undermine the very underpinnings that support our society. So what have they done? They've lined the pockets of all of these politicians, these lobbyists, these corporations, these industrialists in the United States to transfer our jobs, our wealth, our prosperity out of America over to China using slave labor, cheap labor. The Republicans always want cheap labor. Never forget that. That's what they're in it for. Then what else do we have? Let's look at the school system, shall we? Let's look at that. It's no secret that the school systems... And any concerned parent out there is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's no secret that the school systems are kind of foreign to you these days, aren't they? You don't really know what your kid's being taught. You didn't understand that really until the pandemic happened, which came from China. But you didn't really understand what was going on. Critical race theory, that's Marxism. See, China didn't have to target the school boards. They didn't need to do that. If you think that that's where your problem's coming from, that's not correct. China... Tar well, the Marxists in general, the international communists, they targeted the schools that teach the teachers. That's what they did. So to undermine the education of your child, to undermine your authority as a parent, and to undermine the family unit in Western civilization, they had to get at the people that educate your children and take that responsibility away from you. So they had to re-educate the educators, and that's what they've been working on for so long. Look at the universities. The universities have been undermined. They're turned into massive brainwashing centers. Now, hell, these kids that go to college, they're more stupid when they come out than when they went in. Now, they might have some kind of a degree in, in some kind of specialty, whether that be engineering or, or science or, or some type of technology sector or whatever. Yes, they are good in those particular fields, but they are dumbass stupid about everything when it comes to normal life. They have no connection to the real world. None. Look at these people that sit in these these ivory towers down there in Davos, Switzerland, if you want to call them that. How many of those people have higher educations and higher degrees? I'm not talking about the think tanks. 
like the Rockefeller Foundation and the Gates Foundation. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about the social engineers. I'm talking about the faces that you see. Look at Gates. Do you want to know something? I saw a meme yesterday that was sent to me by somebody. And you know what? I can relate to it about Bill Gates. I have the same medical degree as Bill Gates. Don't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. These are not well-educated people when it comes to the institutions. They didn't go to the institutions. They were undermining the institutions. So you want to know what has caused all of this. It's not the fact that you're looking at things on the surface, like uh, like the foreign minister here is suggesting. And of course, he's speaking for the CCP. That's what they want you to think. Yes, we agree with the points that they brought up. Sure. Of course, you look at those on surface. On the surface, it's a numbers game. You can't deny it. That's what Marxists do. That's what communists do. They present points to you that you can't deny. They make a common ground on something and they say, OK, we agree on this, do we not? It's something you can't deny. That's their foot in the door. And then they go on from there. They need an entry point. And they know that the entry point is those right there. Crime stats. No one can deny the destruction of the family. No one can deny the education system. No one can deny that crime in the cities are up. No one can deny that. But you have to stop and think about exactly what you said, Bruce, how we got here. And the thing is, too, um, <laughs> before all of this, uh, before the, the, the left really started getting their takeovers, um, crime was actually on the down. It, it, was, it was on the downtrend. Um, even, even though, you know, you, you had all these shootings and stuff that they kept, um, playing about, you know, nonstop on the media or, uh, white supremacy or, or, you know, racists, whatever, whatever the nonsense they've been, they've been playing before all of that, it was actually going down before the pandemic. Of course, now it's the highest levels it's been since the nineties. Uh, but <laughs> why is that again, as you were saying, it's these, these communist uh, the, the policies they're enacting in these cities, as an example, we've talked about quite a bit, um, where they don't uh, prosecute crimes. Uh, they, 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 they don't even give bail. Like you steal something less than $1,000. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you can walk. But and then grabs. we see... I saw a smash and grab yeah. of a diamond store today. Yeah. The, the thing is, is they're not just doing smash and grabs of, you know, 950 or less. They're doing smash and grabs of thousands of dollars. And nobody's doing anything about it. They, they just let them walk. Um, so, yeah, this is coming from an individual that uh, works for a country that is guilty of slavery, guilty of uh, using uh, human, their, their civilian populace as, uh, well, they chop them up and take parts of their body for their other CCP members. Um, they have been, um, you know, rounding up Uyghurs as an example. I mean, that that's... It's rich coming from a country that's doing all those kind of human rights violations. I mean, we just we just got done talking about Ping, uh, you know, disappearing. Uh, that's also a that, it's a big deal because it's a it's a international figure. Every, you know, in the tennis world, everybody knows who this is. Um, it, but it doesn't make it any any uh, more important, and it doesn't make the Uyghurs any less important. You know, human life is human life, uh, but it is it, it is rich coming from them. And on top of that, you've got things like this. Beijing locks down more neighborhoods as uh, the uh, Olympic staff arise, uh, arrives in, uh, in Beijing. Uh, ESPN decided, this actually surprised me, it legitimately surprised me. ESPN said that they were going to uh, cancel all staff that they were going to send there for uh, Olympics coverage. So they're out, which is surprising because that's Disney, right? 
So I was expecting yeah, them. Disney. I'm surprised. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting them to be sending a you know a full team. The Associated Press uh, they said that they were going to be sending uh, a minimum of 200 reporters and correspondents to Beijing immediately to cover the Olympics. That should tell you all you need to know about the Associated Press, which we talked about how heavily enhanced they are anyway. Bruce, you're shaking your head. Are you are you disgusted or are you shocked or or, or what about the Associated Press? Let's just say um, I would not be attending. I wouldn't either. Uh, of course, it, and I would, I would make, sh- I would make sure that uh, I would be making that fact known to everybody on live TV in the U.S. that I'm not attending, wearing my "Where's Peng Shui" T-shirt. I mean, that's just me. Of course, I'd probably be fired by by noon, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Chinese state media on Sunday reported more lockdowns and mass testing programs in Beijing neighborhoods as the first group of athletes and staff arrived in the Olympic Village. Do you know what you have to go through if you're an athlete that's competing there? Uh, first of all, you've probably you've probably what are they, they have to be tripled. Do they have to be tripled? Is it is a double vaccine? I know. Boosted? I know at least they have to be vaccinated. I don't know if it's also boosted. More than likely, yeah, it's probably boosted as well. Uh, just because of who we're talking about here, they want to cause as much chaos as possible, right? So yeah, get triple. Human rights activists have uh, highlighted the uh, the Winter Games this year. They've redubbed them from the Beijing Winter Olympics to the Genocide Games. What do you think? Because of the Uyghurs. Um, I, I, I agree. Um, it's also going to be interesting as well if we have any, any uh, people disappear because they've said or, uh, if you or collapse talk against... Or, 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 yeah, or collapsing. Yeah, so that's true. I'm, I'm curious to see if they're going to uh, specifically disappear people because of their political opinions, because they've made clear you will be punished if you uh, speak against the CCP. And why exactly are we attending, if that's the case? Honestly, I, even if this were, even if these were angels in every other way, except they were, um, you know, the, the Uyghur situation, that should be more than enough to say, I'm not attending. But having everything combined, knowing that they have uh, the, the, the Uyghurs that they're, they're rounding up, the, the fun fact, some of the um, uh, wigs that come out of there, you know, the human hair wigs, uh-huh. that's from the Uyghurs. Um, oh. uh, yeah, um, little known. Uh, so, yeah, good to, good, good to know that one. Just some of the, the atrocities that are happening there, the slave labor with, that we've talked about, the child labor, which... It, I'm I'm a little bit more lenient on that one, not because I don't like kids, but because um, we went through that ourselves, and we had to come to a conclusion ourselves that that was a problem. This is a this is technically still a developing society. Um, we've accelerated their um, development because we've sent over manufacturing and whatnot, and they haven't had that come to Jesus moment, if you will, uh, to where they they decide that okay, child labor is actually bad. They're not going to come to that conclusion, though, on their own. But nonetheless, that should be another reason that we're like, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, you guys change your ways and we don't uh, we're not going to do any kind of like winter games or anything there until you do. I don't know. Maybe maybe, you know, stop buying manufactured goods there as as a country, not just as the, the populace. And and we should say, look, uh, unless you stop doing this stuff, we're not going to do business with you anymore. Beijing has beefed up uh, anti-epidemic measures, uh, tougher and uh, with tougher and wider mass testing, imposing travel restrictions for people in COVID risk areas, and requiring residents to take nucleic acid tests for purchasing medicines to cure fever, cough, 
and others after the city reported nine new local infections on Sunday and a registered total of 43 cases during the past week. Uh, now, see, it's it's not their fault. It was those Canadians. You know, they sent a package from Ontario uh, over there, and that's that's how it got there. Uh, the requirement for a nucleic acid test will be applied to everyone in Beijing who buys cough or fever medication. Res- <laughs> God. Residents of the city's uh, three coronavirus risk regions have been asked not to leave Beijing. Well, you just let nine million people leave. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the uh, Lunar New Year as well, right? Where oh, yes. Uh, did we play a lot the Bill- of people. Yeah, did we play the Bill Gates thing? Did we do that? I don't remember if we played it on podcast. I know because we, we played it off. Oh, we played it privately. I, I don't. I, I can't yeah. remember if we played. Let's just play it anyway. This is Bill Gates uh, wishing everyone. This went out on uh, on WeChat over in uh, over in China. Listen to this. I want to wish everyone in China a very happy Lunar New Year. Just as the tiger symbolizes vitality and health, our foundation has continued to work over this past year. The recent troubling and highly contagious Omicron variant means the COVID-19 pandemic is not yet over. Since the onset of the pandemic, China has worked hard to not only contain the virus, but also contributed to closing the equity gap by supporting other countries with many different supplies, including great vaccines. I'm hopeful that by the end of this new year, the COVID pandemic will largely be over. I was also thrilled to hear the news that in June, uh, that the WHO had recognized China's remarkable success in defeating malaria, declaring the country officially free from the disease. So like many of you, I believe the world can become better. And I know that innovation and collaboration are key to getting there. I look forward to once again being able to travel to China to see all of you and this work in person. But for now, have a wonderful holiday and a very healthy and happy new year. Isn't that touching? Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I like how he talked about he wants to travel to, to China again. Did you notice that he, to, to, to travel, <laughs> he laughed. Uh-huh. Uh, I I found that was the kind of an interesting moment there. Uh, he has no intention of traveling there. Uh, is the vibe I got. Uh-huh. Um, or there's other other things going on with traveling to China. I don't know. Maybe maybe something something to do with his uh, interaction with uh, Epstein and the whole Lolita Express and all of I that. Know. I mean, so, maybe maybe tells, something on those lines. Possibly something tells me though that if uh, Bill Gates wants to go to China, he's probably one of the few people on this planet that if he wants to go somewhere, he could probably get there. Yeah, but he also has good dealings with China. I think so. In the sense of um, he has he's a dupe. okay. He has he is a dupe. Exactly. That is a that is a, that is exactly where I wanted to go with it. I was getting ready to say, who's the dupe again? <laughs> he's the dupe. But to that point, yeah, he's got good dealings with China. Same with all these Western people that are of his kind. They all have good dealings with China. As long as they are in good standing here. That's the only caveat to that. If these individuals, such as like Gates and Schwab and, and all these people, as Ned was talking about on the exclusive. There's no place for these people in the world anymore. That's the problem, is there's no place for them. There's no place for this. Did you see the... I showed you the the bus of uh, uh, the wanted poster 
of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and, and Fauci uh, driving around in, uh, in D.C., the, the wanted posters, wanted dead or alive. If these people get brought down by us, which evidence of, of that, coming, uh, that coming judgment is out there in, in, in the streets of any European nation, just take a look. But if that is any indication that these people are going to fall, then they don't have anywhere to run to. They can't run to China. The Chinese will will make sure that they're um, disposed of as soon as their planes touch tarmac. They've got nowhere yeah. to go. They're no use to the Chinese. No. Uh, if if we turn on them, there's no use. To, uh, they're, they're they're just traitors at that point to the Chinese. Exactly. So. Exactly. Because mm. they sold us out. They tried to kill mm. us. And so once we decided, um, okay, we're not having any more of you. They can't run to China. They're no use to them. They would have no power anymore. Yeah, if you're if you're a traitor to your own people, uh, we we were kind of talking about this uh, offline a little bit with uh, uh, war gaming and whatnot. Uh, um, uh, what it was a game theory, I believe, is what it was we were talking about. Game theory, yeah. And how if you are a traitor to everyone, you lose, right? You'll you'll lose in the end. That's kind of what Gates and these guys are. They're a traitor to everyone. More or less, even themselves, uh, as in like the, each yeah. other. Like the, yeah. the whole thing about the the, the elites. All oh, never before have the elites trusted each other. That's what they're saying on the stage down in Davos, Switzerland. All oh, never before have the elites trusted each other. BS, lady. Throughout history, throughout history, these people that vie for political power all hate each other more than they hate us. I mean, they hate us enough as it is, but they hate each other more. I I, I actually I'll agree with the 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 advertisement a little bit. Because it does seem like they've all united in hating us. Uh, so even though they hate each other, they still have united in hating us, it seems like. And they're all uniting under the, the same banner of uh, climate change, Great Reset, Klaus Schwab. But not because, I, I, I think the reason, uh, we've talked about this, and I agree with this point that you made. The, the, the Great Reset is about, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be targets, basically. And the Great Reset is to shield themselves. So they're all they're all on board with this uh, because they know they're 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 out of other options. Uh, they're 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 now the target. So they're all uniting against us. Their their hatred for us is all united now because they know we're coming for them. It's very true. That is true. And again, I mean, it was it's awful nice of uh, of dear old Klaus and, and company down there. It's awful nice of them to say that they're going to postpone their in-person meeting until the last weekend of May. It's awful nice of them. At least we know where all of you are going to be. It'll make finding you much easier. I mean, we won't have to go out and, uh, and round you up and bring you to justice that way. So it's awful nice that you're you're laying out the welcome mat. If you're having a conference, though, in the middle of summer weather even down in the uh, even down in the Swiss Alps is really nice about the beginning of June it's really nice down there and if you can get the the types of numbers you have now on the streets of Europe and in Switzerland what do you think's going to happen in May the the one thing i'm concerned about though cuz may is quite a few that, that's quite a few months off and there's a lot that can happen between now and may the one thing i'm concerned about is i don't know some of the practices that the the US is doing right now and the the dollar tanking and then the rest of the world going there's no reason for us to even use the dollar anymore it's taking the rest of us down with it um you know what we're not going to use it anymore and at that point uh the us is essentially screwed there there is no other like oh, all the levers that they can try to pull require no other monetary options for them to do their uh their um, modern monetary theory right um to where they can just print money 
The problem is, is everybody has to be bound to that money and only that money. No other currency. You can't have cryptos. You can't have other countries' uh, currency usable here. It has to be only that currency and no way out. And modern monetary theory might work. It might actually work under that scenario because you're trapped. But the minute you throw another currency into the mix, like, I don't know, crypto, that's it. The, the entire thing collapses. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they haven't any levers. There, there is no lever for them to, to, to pull at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and May, uh, especially if, like, for example, China collapses. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, and they're know, expecting that. that. Yeah, they're expecting that Q2. Uh, at least a lot of the uh, a lot of the Wall Street guys are expecting that there is a lever that they can pull, and I believe that they are pulling it now, uh, and that's scorched earth. I, I believe that they're going to burn everything down. That's the concerning part. Is that right there? The, this whole thing with Ukraine, I, I think they're looking for. Uh, obviously, it's a diversion, but they're also looking to scapegoat a policy so they don't have to take the fall for the rest of this stuff. Example: Why is it when the government defaults on a government's debt, it's never the government's fault? It's the same thing here. Why is it when these people literally wreck everything? I mean, they've wrecked everything. They've wrecked our economy. They've wrecked our uh, they've wrecked our social civility. They've wrecked our education system. They've wrecked our religious underpinnings in our societies. I mean, they've wrecked it all. They've wrecked it all. They've wrecked our culture, our our aspects of entertainment, uh, our understanding of things. I mean, they've they have skewed and twisted and warped everything in our society. And now they're looking for a way to divert. They need to take the focus off of them. No, comrade. Uh, the economy is up 15% since Biden's taken office. Right. Comrade, everything is okay. Right. Um, and but, and the, the shelves are at 87% in the stores. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they failed to tell you that the high point, which was 2019 before the pandemic, right? They failed to mention that we're actually down 4 million jobs. Uh, they, they, they failed to, you know, so all these jobs that we're increasing, we're actually down that much. We have uh, what? seven percent eight percent inflation and you've only seen a a, a wealth increase of like two or three percent or excuse me a pay increase of that much that much when the average person is is down five thousand dollars um <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah all right you got anything else today no i i think i've i think i've covered everything i wanted to talk about before we go uh this is uh this is a clip that just popped up uh this is klaus schwab back in 2017 at uh, harvard university take a listen to this and i have to say um when i mention our names like this merkel um, even uh, vladimir putin and so on they all have been young global leaders of the world economic forum mm-hmm. but um what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, prime minister trudeau um, president of Brazil, of uh, argentina and so on that we penetrate the cabinets so yesterday i was on a rece- at a reception for Prime Trudeau, and I know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy. Right. And that's true in Argentina. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, that's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina, and uh, it's true in France now. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the president, with a young global leader. But what is important for me does that tell you all you need to know? That's fun. That explains why France is going the direction it's going. Canada, Germany, Australia, US. What's important, as he said, is to penetrate those cabinets and make sure that you have more than half of them that are on board with us. 
Yeah, now, uh, the U.S., there is a slight caveat. Um, it's not the young global leaders or whatever they're, they're flagging it because they're all old. I think that's they're all that's, yeah, yeah yeah that's that's kind of the problem you're running into now is uh, is you've got uh, a lot of these European leaders that are the same. I mean they're getting up there. They're they're getting old. Uh, I mean look at Bill Gates, right? I know he's not a I know he's not a government person, but look at where Bill Gates was physically. Let's look physically, okay? Let's look at Bill Gates's physical appearance in 2019 when this started. As soon as he came on scene and he says, uh, the only way we're going to get out of this is uh, a vaccine." Look at his appearance then. And look at his appearance now, modern time, two years. The man looks like he's put on 15 to 20 years in the last two. And Schwab's I mean, not far behind him. I mean, you saw what Schwab looked like. That was that was three years ago. That video, that was three years ago. Uh, four, I'm sorry, four years ago. And look at him now. The man looks like he's put on another 20 years. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we are out of time today, so we are going to have to go. So for those of you who'd like to drop us an email, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. All your feedback, good, bad, ugly, all the rest of it, we would love to hear from you. Uh, drop us a line there. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening. 